Hello and welcome to the sixth instalment of the Scottish Fantasy Community's weekly podcast. Uh, my name's Thomas. And I'm Harry. And in today's episode we'll be doing the usual. We'll be doing a quick review and then a quick preview of the past and upcoming game weeks. And then this week we're going to talk about how you deal with a bad game week because the average point scored for this week was below 30 which is significantly lower than all the other ones have been so far and then finally we will answer some listener questions so harry how did you do this week first red arrow of the season thus far it was going to come at some point and to be fair after five weeks in a row of you know my position consistently trending upwards is what it is um i finished the game week on 41 points and outside of boyce boyle and mcginn just a shower of shite really yourself I'm in a similar boat to you. I've got myself 47 points and both my captain and vice-captain blanked. Yep, captain, vice-captain blanked for me, so Tav, captain, I've had a vice. Um, and then I had uh, one, two, three zero-pointers as well. Oh. Two of those were on the bench, thankfully, but they're two players that are meant to be playing. Three, mm. sorry, yeah. Two players that were meant to be playing didn't play, and then Anik conceded two. But yeah, so I had Boyce, who had his decent points haul for Hearts. I also had Boyle. Then I had McCart and Clark, who kept me clean sheets. And then everything pretty much outside of that was kind of crap. But Gino not playing was my only concern, but yeah, that's no. only one fire that needs to put out. I will. What I will say is, out of all the points that I earned that I'm most surprised at, was the St. Johnston clean sheet points. Out of all players at the back, I was expecting the least number of points from them. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. That's, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm not regretting selling my St. Johnston assets at the time. It was the right decision to bring in Ralston. I didn't expect him. I, I missed the news of him being unwell. Um, but, you know, I'm not too proud. I would be very much willing to consider bringing one back in. Um, McCart was good for me in the start of the season, and I got rid of him as a bit of a fixture play. I could quite see, I could quite easily see myself bringing him back in, um, but maybe not this week. Yeah. So outside of what the vice captain and captain blank, the three zero pointers, I had Clark who didn't start, as in the Dundee United striker, and then uh, Aberdeen FC did Aberdeen FC things and uh, played well enough, dominated but defended poorly, and ultimately lost one 0 in the eighty fourth minute. From Stevie Mago, so that ruptured two clean sheets for me. Took then, me from another 50, 50 plus pointer down to 41. And then Celtic away did Celtic away things. Oh no, you didn't have a Celtic defender, did you? Nah, well, Ralston, but he missed out. Yep. Golly ball and golly. Covid god getting there in, in front of him. I think he was one of the more positive performers. Yeah. Yeah. Shall we just move into, the, into having a look at the fixtures from this weekend? Go for it. So... Why don't we start there then, seeing as you mentioned the man himself, Bolly Bongoli, Livingston 1, Celtic 0. Um, Celtic continued to have issues playing away at the... The spaghetti had. The spaghetti had, the Tony Macaroni falling to Livingston. It's a pretty disappointing result, but having seen the highlights, looking at the statistics, I think it's a case of um, all fart, no poo. It looked like Celtic actually played fairly reasonably, like, reasonably well. Turnbull churning out an 8.0 rating on whoscore.com yeah, after creating a number of chances and taking some good shots on goal. And I think potentially on another day, it would have been a comfortable win for Celtic and just and didn't, it didn't fall that way this weekend. You can also tell when a team maybe didn't 
maybe they didn't deserve to lose but didn't deserve to win is when their goalkeeper's got highest rating and that's what sofa score has given Matty Stryek. Yeah, yeah, he he had a very good performance to be fair. In fact, that's two back-to-back now, I think, yep. two Livingston clean sheets. I haven't checked his points total over the last two weeks. I'm not about to check it, but I think, again, it'll be in a similar p- case to my Anik over two weeks. He'll be up, you know, the high teens, low 20s, you know, maybe two double... Double figure hauls, there we go, that's one for the Scottish fantasy football community, podcast bingo, double figure haul. That's one of the, no, that's just one of the Harry bingo haul, yeah. B- bingo hauls, that's one of the bingo hauls. <laughs> uh, yeah, another positive defensive performance at least from Livingston, and I guess things appear to look on the up. Um, Andrew Shinney bagged the only goal of the game. I can't say there's too much I'm going to take away from this outside of him, he is uh, listed on the game as a midfielder, started the game and scored the only goal, so yeah, one I'm absolutely, by absolutely no means am I going to be bringing him in this week, but it's something to be keeping an eye on if he continues to play up front. Thomas, anything else catch your eye from uh, either team? No, not really. Maybe like that Livingston are sort of maybe coming into their defensive form that sort of carried them through that unbeaten streak they did last season. Yeah. But again, uh nil-nil draw with Dundee FC isn't something to go tell, you, to, uh, tell your mum about. Yeah. But a 1-0 win against Celtic is good, but... Whether they deserved to win, deserved in inverted commas, to win is still. Yeah. It was a very spirited performance. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking from a Celtic perspective, it looked very Celtic didn't look poor, but they definitely had issues uh, in the final third of the pitch. Um, and I was having a look at their substitutions because they puzzled me. I thought that was very strange, but didn't pay much more attention to it. And then had a look, and I'm looking at their bench right now, like the players they had available. Their only attacking option was Michael Johnston. The rest of them are all defenders or defensive midfielders. Um, so they didn't even necessarily have the squad depth this weekend to change things up going forward. So I think that is an issue that, I've, uh, that Celtic are faced with, which is good if you have Celtic players and you know it's likely they're going to keep playing. But potentially from a results perspective, you know, could be difficult. Last thing I'll say is I think it's clear that Cameron Carter-Vickers has been watching uh, Ver- Celtic's Virgil van Dijk highlights on YouTube that he, more or less I, I mean for any a sort of attacking spell in the final third, he was playing like 10 yards outside the penalty box and loosed off a long range effort that actually almost went into be fair, it was a good strike so yeah, another one to keep an eye on the next another one, should we go on to another relatively surprising result with Motherwell's ruining Rangers flag day with a one-all I draw? I know. What did you take away from this, Thomas? Again, from what I can remember, Rangers were pretty dominant and then apart from their goal, I don't really felt Motherwell threatened too much. Yeah, yeah. they had a couple of very good chances. Uh, Tony Watt almost skinned the keeper and it was Goldson who came in and sort of as a last-ditch challenge. Um, prevented them from going up uh, 1-0 from a f- very much a meat and potatoes goalkeeper route one over the top um, Simpson uh, at the back for uh, Rangers um, was s- started surprisingly and was shite unsurprisingly he looked very bad um, highlighted by the fact that Connor Goldson spent the entire game pointing at him and telling him exactly what he should be doing, which doesn't exactly inspire, inspire confidence in your back four. Um, but uh, what I'll say about Rangers again is, is they're not necessarily performing poorly. I wonder if it's just potentially, you know, they massively outperformed their expected statistics last year, and I wonder if maybe this is in part, you know, a bit of regression. 
Yeah, like the the opposite, equal and opposite reaction. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at it here now. Twenty four total shots, seven on target, and thirteen corner kicks. And I, you know, off the top of my head, there were a couple of chances. Fashion Sakala scored from an offside position, but he had other opportunities to score. Um, Tav still got into good positions, so you know. I'm not ready to jump off the bandwagon, not the bandwagon, off of the James Tavernier train. He's the best defensive asset in, in the game, ultimately, long term. Um, but I'm maybe, I was considering Leon Balogun, and I can't decide if that's a good move now or not. Is Steven Gerrard going to continue to play Jack Simpson to try and bring him up to speed, get him a bit of confidence, and then take him out when he started playing better, as to not like break him as a player? Or does Balogun come in next weekend after conceding to Motherwell? What about Motherwell, Thomas? What do you want to say? What do you want to say about Motherwell? Their sort of rotation of strikers scoring isn't necessarily ideal for a fantasy football manager. Is is the one thing that I've noticed is every week it seems like a different in inverted commas striker is scoring because two weeks ago you had Tony Watt, then the weekend after after we were seeing Tony Watt's praise Van Veen got a goal and assist and then this week it was Kane Ruler getting the goal there the only one of the three not to have scored thus far yeah so, so yeah I would agree with you it's hard to pick, hard to nail one down there I think Carroll is still an option is he still serving a suspension or is he just out? let me go and have a look at the the bench from Motherwell yeah no it looks he, he wasn't in the matchday squad so maybe he still he must still be suspended um, or maybe he's missing through injury I, I can't confess to know um it's one of these things so last year I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before I was very very reliant on statistics when playing the fantasy Premier League and sort of like refuted form as a thing and therefore j- jump on bandwagons such as Jesse Lingard and Kelechi Inacho, Um but this year I promised I would not do that again like I would I would you know recognise form as potentially something worth investing in so maybe with my upcoming transfers I'll be looking to a Motherwell player just to sort of like work on that error of, of my game last year but again I look at the statistics one shot on target one goal mm-hmm. I think we have some Motherwell regression on the cards yeah we're, were we not looking at it? are they not one of the teams with the biggest overperformance uh, unexpected yeah, goals yeah but form is a thing and you know players feeling themselves and being very confident taking shots from positions they might not normally that's real and to be fair, you know, we, I'm, I'm very much sweeping my Motherwell opinion under the carpet from pre-season where I said I think they might go down. It looks like they've recruited very well. You know, their team is looking very strong, particularly through the spine. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see where we, how they go from here. Thomas, which one would you like to talk about next? Aberdeen nil, St. Johnston 1. Ah, oh, man. Aberdeen FC, huh? Yeah. I have to say I was very disappointed when... Uh, I was happy for Stevie May crashing that winner in. Like, I guess that's cool going away from home and scoring against your former club where things didn't quite work out. Um, but as someone who's owning the cheap, the two cheapest fullbacks, then both being on for clean sheets and then both getting busted was pretty disappointing. Thomas, what about you? From what I've heard, Aberdeen looked both good and disappointing at the same time. Like they were getting the good chance, like they're creating good tr- chances, but just not finishing, or they'd be like out of position at points. It was a real strange performance from them and then apparently when Stevie May got subbed on you could just tell he was going to score yeah. it was just like that type of thing yeah and, and people are laying the, are, are footing the blame at Ross McCrory's feet saying that he's not a natural centre back I was listening to the Terrace podcast today and I forget his name but one of the hosts made a very valid point of 
Ross McCrory has played centre-back for a number of Scottish Premier League clubs. Maybe it's not his preferred position, but he's a very serviceable centre-back. And, uh, yeah, dif- very disappointing defensive performance. What I will say is, though, from a fantasy football perspective, is Calvin Ramsey picked up a bonus point regardless. So yep. he's absolutely a hold, and I think irrespective of fixtures, he is probably their standout player. Not even probably, he is their standout player at the moment. And, I, you know... I'll be there for the double, here we go again, for the double-figure haul when it comes, when Aberdeen finally keep a clean sheet. St. Johnson, Thomas, you have, you're doubled up, aren't you? Yep, that was a nice thing for me to see. It was a 14 points, or was it, or did McCarr get a yellow card last week and get only, or at the weekend and only no, get no. six? No, no, I think maybe it was 13, six and seven. Yeah, so I got 13 points in total from Xander Clark making three saves and then keeping the clean sheet and then McCart keeping the clean sheet as well so that was nice for me to see again I wouldn't think of even like p- picking up their offensive assets they've still scored far too few like their goals are far too few few and far between so they're like strike like their offensive options aren't even like mm. entering my mind yeah what about yourself do you think of any yeah you know as I said I kind of regret. I don't regret jumping off Jamie McCart, but I could definitely see myself bringing uh, St. Johnson defender back in as a safer play. Or if I was on a wild card, maybe I'd consider Xander Clark. Um, but immediately, I don't think I'll be bringing in St. Johnson. I don't think I'll be changing up my defence. Actually, I'm sneak preview to transfer plans. I guess um, my primary issues are in other areas of the field. So, and as you said yourself, they don't look great going forward, and I won't be picking up any St. Johnson attackers. Right then, the next fixture we're going to cover is probably one of the most exciting games of the weekend. Ross Carty, Ross Carty, Ross, Ross County versus Heart of Midlovian, a game that finished two apiece. I mean, at this point, there's it's not even it's almost not even worth mentioning. Boyce is the standout attacking option, and if you don't own him, own him. Yeah, and if much. you and if you own him, consider vice captaining him, maybe even captaining him. It possibly wasn't Hearts' best performance of the season, and they set up in an unbelievably attacking uh, sort of formation and you know elected very very offensive minded personnel with I think only one real central midfielder starting the game playing three at the back with backs and yeah it was sort of very much end to end Ross County were in it the whole time it was exciting but you know if, if you had paid any attention to our thread and had gone for you know maybe a Michael Smith or a, a Craig Gordon you'll be uh Maybe second guessing our advice potentially, um, but I still think that Hearts can be good value for clean sheets. It, it was surprising they were this offensive. What do you think, Thomas? I mean, although they were playing Ross County, I mean Ross County have actually looked surprisingly decent. Another one of those teams that have surprised me in Harry, considering their run at the start of the season, which was absolutely horrific for any team, and to perform as well they ha- as as well as they have over these first six game weeks is like top class and Mm. then they're about to embark on this five week like this five game week of an inverted commas easier games they're not playing any old firm or Aberdeen heads or hearts for the next few weeks so I am tempted by a couple of or one or two of their players but me too some very impressive performances of the weekend um, Blair Spittle bagging a brace Regan Charles Cook with an assist along with Jordan White too he looked great 
Um, Ross Callahan didn't look like he had the best performance, but he's still an option. You know, he does come with a bit of fancy football Scotland pedigree. Um, so I think, I mean, I could see myself moving towards some Ross County assets as a bit more of like a slightly riskier, aggressive play. Um, but with regards to my Hearts, play, Hearts assets, I'm on Liam Boyce. I own Ginelli, um and I think his run in my team is done. He was going from playing about 60 to 70 minutes to coming on as a sub for about 30, and he was left out this week. So I, he's dead wood. He'll have to go for me, I reckon. So I'll be considering other options. Anything else in this game? Nah, for me, I'm in the same boat as you. Just get Gino out and get him out quick. Would you bring another Hearts player in? If I could manoeuvre myself to GMS, I would be very tempted. And I think that I was saying to Harry, another sneak peek to my transfers, potential transfers plans for this weekend, is I have two free transfers and I'm tempted to take a four-point hit. And then that's me almost had a mini wild card, and it means I can really, really freely move funds around. Fair enough. Moving on, Hibs versus St. Mirren, another 2 2. Palm again here, coming up big for me alongside penalty taker Boyle. Um, essentially, two of the three performing assets in my team. Um, I have to say, it is kind of concerning though uh, that Aberdeen are conceding twice at home to St. Mirren. Aberdeen, excuse me, Hibernian are conceding twice at home uh, to St. Mirren. Um, particularly the uh, Eamon Brophy goal was particularly disappointing. Um, seeing Porteous allow Brophy to get it onto his favoured right foot. Um, just very, very poor basic defending. Um, but I'm not going to move McGinn on. He's scoring me points. He's probably one of the, if not the highest scoring defender of the game at this point. Um, he's rooted to my team potentially fixture-proof as well. I don't see myself moving him out anytime soon. Same goes for Boyle. McGinnis, on the other hand, based on the fact that he's playing um, and playing 90 minutes, I'm not going to be moving him on, but he is now uh, sitting on a sugarly peg. If I have a free transfer to make, you know, where I don't have any pressing issues, he may be on his way out. Anything you want to say about Hibs, Thomas? With regards to my team, I just feel that I mean McGinnis is another player that doesn't need to get gone but he's not been reaching those heights of where he assisted twice in two games or whatever it was he did he right scored three he scored three in two games yeah he scored three he scored three goals in three games was it three goals in three yeah so he's not hit those heights yeah. and that's and as a result of him moving back in position which yep. is disappointing, disappointing. Yeah. Uh, and then there's my 6.2 million pound striker Nisbet who's underperforming or not performing as well as I'd hoped he would have so those are two things I need to sort of take into consideration when I'm doing this an in inverted commas mini wild card that I plan on doing Nisbet's on one goals for the season is he not in the league Something's, yeah he's just not been doing well So and there's there is definitely better value for money elsewhere and then I could then upgrade a midfielder or a defender to something that could potentially get me extra points yeah for me from a St Mirren perspective uh, Jack Hannock is the only player I own zero pointer this week but I just think it's it seems to me at least in this game when it comes to the keepers that aren't going to be the top two sides 
you jump on the roller coaster and you hold on. Some games they'll return you six, seven, eight, nine. Sometimes it's going to be zero points, and this so no double figure hauls, no. Nah, sadly not. Not from Jack Anik. Back to again, you know the previous two game weeks, you scored me eighteen points total, an average of nine. Not going to complain. So just going to keep. I, I don't essentially see myself changing keeper unless I'm on a wild card or Jack Anik is in, injured, and then Joe Shockness. Yeah, I think registered his third goal of the campaign. Not in sorry, not in the campaign of this year of this season so far. Not doing exclusively in the league, but I think that's something worth noting. And then um, uh, one thing I have noticed is on Sofa Score they have Tanzer registered as a midfielder, but on this he's down as a, as a defender. And I know as a fact that Tanzer gets really, really far forward. Yep. And after um, game week seven, after this week, the weekend coming, where they play Aberdeen, so I'm actually tempted to bring him in this week. Yeah. He, he then goes on a run of Livingston and Ross County away. He then plays Rangers at home, but then he goes on to play Motherwell away, Dundee at home, and then St. Johnston away. So there is scope for me to bring him in, especially if he's getting as far forward as it appears he is. Yeah, you know, and the thing as well with that Rangers uh, fixtures, sandwiched in between those, sort of kind, slightly kinder um, matchups is that you have the bench trick, you can stick him on the bench and if somehow St. Mirren, you know, find themselves with a clean sheet, he'll be getting be bonus points. off the bench, yeah. yeah he'll get, so be getting bonus points and he'll I'm be getting gonna, tackles I'm points, so there is I, there is the temptation to change one of those Aberdeen cheapies to, or we, I plan on getting rid of one of those Aberdeen cheapies to move in and get in Tanzer, so no, I am very tempted to do that. Right then, last fixture of the weekend, the Dundee Derby, Dundee United 1, Dundee FC 0. I managed to catch the highlights of this one and it looked like a great game. Not like a ne- necessarily like a particularly vicious derby, but some you know st- stiff challenges going in, very competitive um, 90 minutes and the atmosphere sounded crackling like I listened to it on the radio. Um, and man, what atmosphere, it was great. I think that's... Uh, Dundee United um, replacement right back Kerr Smith was born after the last time Dundee FC won at uh, at Tannadice. Um so that was an interesting statistic. And he put in a very spirited performance. And by and large, Dundee United as a defensive unit looked excellent. Not for the first time this season, so my attention is towards them for some cheaper defensive assets. Um, Mulgrew looked fantastic. Um, as did Ryan Ezra's, that sort of centre-back pairing, pairing is looking very strong. And Benjamin Segris is back from his injury, so you know there's a little sort of triangle in defence there, you know, looking very solid. And I think maybe they've got some clean sheets in them, that's for sure. But going forward again, in a similar vein to St. Johnson, not scoring enough, not creating enough, and they don't necessarily have a nailed-down attacking outlet that I can see myself moving to. I have one. I think I've actually spoken to Harry about it before, and it's Peter Pollock. He seems to be one of he's a he listed as a midfielder, I'm pretty sure, and he's often in and around the box. So I'm I'm not going to bring him in yet, but if he does start returning, um, I do have my eye on him. So he's someone I could look to bring in. Yeah, I'm looking at his heat map now, and whilst in the lineup he's out on the left mid, it looked like he took up quite a lot of central positions, sort of inside left and central. So yeah, um, I I think he's definitely one worth keeping an eye on. What about the other side of the city, Dundee FC? Anything to say there? Uh, I can't really say I have my eye on too much. 
again, the only person who you would, I feel, would be Lee Griffiths. Oh, there's Charlie Adam as well, but neither, neither of them are returning as much as they really need to be to justify the amount that they're worth. I potentially feel, especially Lee Griffiths at just under... Is it just under five and a half? He's million? still got that Celtic price tag. I actually think it's five point seven. But oh, so far too far too expensive for a Dundee striker, in my opinion. Uh, and it's worth noting that Charlie Adam is out injured at the moment. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, I know that. But yeah, I'm not going there anywhere time any time soon. And to be quite honest, I still would consider them a fixture to. I mean, of course, I consider them a fixture to target. Um, so if you've got players who are playing against Dundee um, this weekend, you know, potentially consider them. For vice captaincy or captaincy, talking of next weekend, should we have a look at the fixtures and start walking through some transfer plans? Go for it. So I'll list them off from the top, and then you can tell me if anything jumps out at you. So Dundee FC take on Rangers at home. Then you have Hearts of Midlovian playing Livingston. So the Hearts-Livingston one, although Livingston just won against Celtic, I think. That was a result no one expected, and I still think Hearts should come away winners against Livingston. And again, I think I wouldn't be trying to convince you otherwise if you wanted to captain or vice-captain Boyce. I have made my bus team and Boyce is my vice-captain for this weekend. What What about Dundee FC versus Rangers? Captain Tav again, do you roll the dice? There is that temptation there, but he's not been performing as well as you'd hoped as yeah. he would have from the... Always Captain Tav bus that I jumped on this week. I actually think he only got two points yep. after captaincy. Yep. So it's a disappointing fantasy football performance from him. And I think there's potentially player or yeah, players with easier fixtures coming up that you could target. Yeah, potentially. Potentially. I think I would still go there. You would? you still go there? It's not particularly imaginative and I think maybe I have to start doing something about my captaincy and vice-captaincy picks because I've not been particularly accurate this year um, but I don't think I need to start. We're going to talk about how we deal with a bad game week but in a second but one of the things I'm not going to start doing off the back of my lowest points total for a game week thus far is start changing the way I play. I'm not going to start making... You know, taking greater risks I am a slightly more conservative manager and I think that Captain Tag like Tav at ho- up away against the worst or second worst side in the league you know I think why not Motherwell versus Ross County St. Marin versus Aberdeen Celtic at home to Dundee United and then Hibs versus St. Johnson any of those Thomas take your fancy I would usually have said St. Mirren versus Aberdeen, but Aberdeen haven't been doing too well. And again, I'd also usually do Celtic versus Dundee United, but again, recent performances, Dundee United have looked solid. They beat Rangers, uh, and they, they've just come out of the Dundee Derby mm-hmm. victors, so they're definitely on a high here. Yeah, And St. Mirren as well, to a point, they lost their opening two games of the season and didn't look great. They picked up two draws, which is passable, and then a third draw away at Easter Road is very commendable. Um, so I wonder if this is Jim Goodwin reverting the course of the ship here as St Mirren start to look to improve. So yeah, I can't necessarily say that's a fixture I'm going to target. Um, Hibs versus St Johnson, Thomas. I currently own two attacking assets. You own three against one of the you know better organised defences in the league. Are you concerned that you won't be getting many points from there that, this weekend? No, I mean, as I've said, I'm... Um tempted to transfer out um, 
Nisbet just because he's not been returning enough. But again, I do, I do still like there's not necessarily fires, but there's people not performing very well for me that I do need to sort of try start moving on. That are costing me a decent about a decent bit of money. In that case, then, as it stands, what are your transfer plans? Let's outline them fairly clearly. I'm going to get rid of one of my Aberdeen cheapies. It will probably be McKenzie. I think it has to be McKenzie. Who, for at the moment, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I need to see like what prices I'm able to get with like players I'm taking out and players I'm bringing in. Because as I said, I'm potentially making three transfers. But Mackenzie is definitely going out, as is Nisbet, because um, he is costing me a lot of money. He's not performing, and we mentioned last podcast, uh, Hibs, I think their fixture sort of swing negatively, so they start, they have a tough run of fixtures coming up, and I want to get a striker in that's going to be cheaper and playing against the easier opposition, so he's going to be one of the ones going out, and then... Finally, Janelli is going to be going. Yep. I think, if in order, if I was to do it, it would go Mackenzie, Nisbet, Gino. Just the value that I have in Nisbet is just far too much for someone who's getting as like little points as him. Yeah, that's fair enough. I think, I don't know if I would be taking a minus four because it means like what you're banking on is whoever you're bringing in to, to return for you. Um, but I guess maybe, you know, if you were to look at it slightly longer term, you know, macro strategy point of view where you're trying to avoid a tough fixture run it might make sense personally i'm i'm very hit averse i'm yet to take one this season uh, and i'm going to keep that streak going as long as possible i rolled the transfer last week so i've got two free transfers and these are my fires as they stand i think they would be immediately clark and janelli they're definitely going to be at my team this week um Slightly concerned about Ralston, but I think after the performance this weekend and how Celtic looked pretty deficient going down the right-hand side, um, I think it's likely we'll see Juranovic going back over to left-back and Ralston into right-back again. We'll wait and see. But immediately, Janelli and Clark, and then uh, Mackenzie and Ramsey not keeping the clean sheet, and you know, particularly in Mackenzie's case, I think scoring two points over three game weeks is not great. But ultimately, they both played 90 minutes and were two of them were positive performers. So yeah, Janelli and Clark out are my priorities. Janelli's replacements are w- w- Janelli's replacement will be one of these three players. Um, Regan Charles Cook of Ross County. He's looked yeah. excellent and is very much in the same price bracket. In fact, I think I um, recoup 0.4 million from Janelli. That is someone who I he was maybe one of one or two players that I was thinking of replacing Janelli with as well. Yep, um, Blair Spittle. With his uh, brace, bagging a brace at the weekend, and he was really caught my attention. Um, or upgrading to uh, GMS. The only problem I have with doing GMS, going to GMS, is he was taken off uh, in the 56th minute, and that, you know, goes against my gets my rule number one of picking players, looking for someone who's going to play, you know, 80 plus minutes. Um, so I like the Reagan Charles Cook shout. I think that's very likely. And then Clark. I'm yet to decide really on Clark. I was considering Jordan White, but I also don't necessarily want to be doubling up on Ro- on Ross County players. Certainly not at this point in the season against an inform um, Motherwell side this weekend. Um, so I guess I'll have a quick look. Yeah, you've got Tony Watt, 
and Kevin Van Veen. You know, I, I, do I think it'll be a goal fest at Fair Park? No, not particularly. Brophy looked better, um, but I don't think I want him against if in the Aberdeen fixture. I mean, I have the funds to take a punt on a Rangers striker. I could see myself doing something like that, um, or not a punt. You know. A slightly more aggressive play, but I do need to get. I, I really need to get rid of Clark because not only has he not been playing, he's hemorrhaging value. I think he, I've lost two point mil, point two mil in the last two weeks. So, the what I will say is, if you do go for a Rangers striker, is I feel that like they've been getting rotated a lot because they have three very good strikers, and three very different strikers in Roof, uh, Morelos, and um, Fashion Sakala. So, the thing is, is we get team news. But again, what, what I would have to be doing is then is potentially booking a transfer to take me back out and I don't necessarily want to do that as I, I have to start looking at moving my Hibs and Aberdeen assets around based on the fact that they will be playing Celtic or Rangers uh, in game week 8 and then each other in game week 10. But yeah. Captaincy, vice-captaincy, Thomas? I just know that Boyce is going to be one of them and then I need to sort of see what my other transfers are outside of that. I think that's what it, what it's got to go down to before I pick a captain. So I'm not going to even think of nailing anything on there. Yourself? Uh, I'm going to go quickly double check just now. Uh, but I mean, what I will say is captaining Tavernier wouldn't be a dumb idea. Yeah, I'm on Captain Tav and I'm on Vice Captain Boyce and I think it'll stay that way, if yeah, I'm, I'm quite honest. tempted to do that as well now I'm looking at it. I like the fixture play for both players. Um yeah, I don't think, again, it's something I don't want to over, overthink. I don't want to start getting tricky with my captaincy and vice-captaincy picks. Okay, I think that's it for game week six and seven and our teams. By all accounts, this was not my best game week um, of the season so far. I can't. I, I actually don't think it's going to be my worst, um, but I'm reticent of the fact that the average score was 29, meaning some people got below the average score suggesting a very bad game week so thomas in the shoes of someone who's had a pretty i mean 47 points is actually pretty reasonable but let's say you'd had a bad game week where you'd scored 30 points how do you react give up don't even bother playing the game anymore like that's it <laughs> yeah Turn stop your, playing un- uninstall the app <laughs> delete your twitter account and call it a day um best thing to do is just sort of be to take a step back and look at what's gone wrong like if your strikers haven't been performing over the last couple of weeks, get them out of there. Even if, it, like, we were talking about how you maybe don't want to take a four-point hit. If your team's that bad, maybe think about doing taking one four-point hit. It's not going to be the end of the world. And in the long term, there is some upsides. You just need to sort of make sure you aren't taking those hits day in, day out. Um, if you're having a bad game week, do you look at your team on Sunday night? And think, right, start planning ahead, or do you just go, right, it's bad game week, disconnect for a day, two days, come back to it with a fresh pair of eyes? I mean, it's hard for me and you, seeing as we record on a Tuesday evening, but... I mean, I've had a bad game week, a relatively bad game week, as has everyone, and I've not really looked at my team until today, and I'm I'm making up my transfer decisions as I'm talking about it, so... Yourself? For me... I find that going ahead and looking at your team for the next week, again, you know, 40, 41 points, you said relatively bad game week. Relatively, you've had a good game week. You've had almost almost double the average point score. 
Um, so I don't know what you're talking about there. It's maybe not your best, but you'll certainly be having worse over the season. In fact, have you not already had worse this year? Maybe. Yeah, so it's definitely you've not had a bad game week. Um, in my case, 41 isn't bad either. It was a red arrow. Um, but, you know, it wasn't terrible. The first thing I do is I do go... I, I do what you say. I step back and have a look at my team. But when you're doing that, you have to be careful about using um, decision-based thinking versus results or outcome based thinking you know captaining tavernier was not a bad decision yes the result went the wrong way and he conceded at home to motherwell but no one was expecting that and ultimately on the balance of play possibly shouldn't have happened if you look at the number of chances they created so i would be careful about how you look at your team i guess is what i'm saying you know don't analyze necessarily just the results but have a look at the decisions you made did you make incorrect decisions like were the motive like the the motivating reasons behind the transfer you made ahead of that game week the right you know did you do that for the right reasons? The next thing I like to do is go ahead and start planning the next game week. Like for me, it's kind of like oh, this is maybe a bit sad, comforting, like going ahead and starting to like right well this this went badly this week. What can I work on to make it better next week? So I start you know how do I line up? Do I have night? Are my are, are my players? on the right side of kind fixtures, do I have good captaincy and vice captaincy options? And I guess my final piece of advice would just be, don't start straying from the way you play. Like I'm a conservative manager who, you know, I'm yet to take a hit. I think I've captained Tav every game week or almost every game, uh, every game week bar one. I'm going to continue playing that way. If you're someone who likes to take risks, start, you know, make riskier plays a bit more aggressive, don't stop playing that way because, you know, it's what suits your personality and is maybe, you know, how you play best. And it's maybe even what makes the game more fun for you is if you enjoy the risk or reward of seeing Tav getting 20 points or minus two points. Yeah. And you raise a point as well. Like, ultimately, a bad game week isn't the end of the world. And if I'm quite honest, I wasn't bored or anything going into this game. It's not like I'm getting sick and tired of the game. But it's nice to have issues now and things to start planning and like, you know, yeah, have issues to deal with. It makes it a bit more interesting. Yeah, so, you know, I've got some things to think about and I'm looking forward to it. Should we crack over on with some uh, listener questions? Yeah, sure, let's go for it. This one comes in from uh, the Half Hour Fantasy Podcast at Fantasy Half. Plans on forwards going forward. They've discussed in the podcast, it seems that it's either three cheap nailed or two with boys set and forget. Um, do you think differently? Not really is my answer. Uh, boys just, there's no looking past him. Like, if you don't have him in your team, make sure you can find a way of getting mm. him in your team. Um, I've got an expensive striker, Nisbet, and he's been very underwhelming so far, and he's getting moved on. So I wouldn't be opposed to having a cheapy because then you can sort of, mo- like, um, I'm not going to feel bad for moving at Nisbet, but I'm going to feel a tad uncomfortable shifting a £6 million striker down to 4.5. So yeah. maybe mentally it will then be easier to go from, it won't feel as bad going from Tony Watt to someone like Eamon Brophy, whereas now I'm like, I'm like do I really want to change from this upper echelon striker down to some of that lower priced dross whereas if I've got one I can go ah they're the same price it's not too bad for me but I don't know that's just maybe something mental that I have 
Personally, when it comes to strikers, I wish I could delete one striker position from the side and add a defender because Liam Boyce is 50% owned. Um, and then when he has a nice fixture, he'll be getting captain. So it's like you kind of have to have him. Otherwise, it's going to be a bit of a rank buster. Um, then you have Tony Watt on 33 points. Who do you think, without looking at it, is the third highest scoring striker so far this season, Thomas? Wait, who did you say was first? Liam Boyce followed Second. by Tony Watt followed um, by Van Bain nope Christian Ramirez on 24 what he's been shocking exactly and I just think that it no striker seems to be firing at the moment outside of Liam Boyce Tony Watt hit a nice run of form but that's you know two games no goals for him he almost scored this weekend but it wasn't to me I cannot for the life of me pick a striker I guess if I was held at gunpoint to pick one, I really like Jordan White. He had a very good run-in last season with Ross County. Um, uh, Ross County were heading into a nice run of fixtures. Um, nice enough, Motherwell away, Dundee United away, St. Mirren at home, Livingston at home, and then Dundee FC away. Albany Yeti could be a play. It depends what kind of service he's getting. You know, at 5.6 million, you could afford him. Um, if you don't already have three Celtic players... But outside of that, there's basically no one. I guess, for me, I would be going... I mean, I've got bench trick player, Boyce, and one cheapie. I wouldn't be having free. Yeah, I'm going to be going into the same boat as you. I'm going to be downgrading this bit down to one of those cheapies. And then we've got both got the same other two strikers in Boyce and our bench trick player in Cunningham. So it seems like there's a very sort of... Mm, small selection of strikers that you can really do much with um, but yeah that's that's how we feel about it alright next question from our friends at Hoofball Pod um, they ask us any ideas on similarly priced replacements for the higher percentage on Aberdeen players and they list Ramsey Ramirez Ferguson etc Consensus for us, being them, seems to be to move on from them with their rough run of fixtures coming up and lackluster performances. Personally, I would not be replacing Ramirez. Uh, Ramirez, excuse me, Ramsey. He scored a bonus point when uh, Aberdeen failed to keep a clean sheet and lost, and he, you know, still racked up a bonus point. So he's not going anywhere for me, not at all. Um, Ramsey. I would just downgrade or move to Boyce if you don't have on him. Don't have him. Maybe take a punt and on a Yeti. by Ramsey, you mean Ramirez. Oh, my goodness me. Toss, it's late. It's <laughs> 10 to midnight. I've been up since 6. Not that I'm complaining or anything. Yes. I would go from Ramirez to Boyce if you don't own him at this point. Um, or just downgrade to someone who has a nice fixture run, as I said previously. Maybe White. Yeah, and then... F I mean, if you are maybe replacing a McKenzie, I'd be looking to... You could take a gamble on a Ross County defender. Yeah, um, there's also some, if you have like a little bit of budget to spare, I've got up like defenders under 2.5 million and there's quite a few decent ones. Uh, you've got Shaughnessy and Tanzer, who we've both spoken about. And then a couple of surprises. Ryan Edwards of Dundee United is the second highest scoring under 2.5 million. Yep. Uh, and then you've got Bevis Mugabe and Liam Grimshaw of Motherwell, who are both performing... a just as well as Mackenzie have overall, so yeah, there's some decent shouts in there. I think I would go for a Motherwell defender if you have someone to rotate him with, or happy like again as a bench trick play because they faced Ross County at home this weekend, but then it's Hearts away, Celtic at home, and then two reasonable fixtures in Dundee away, Dundee United away, 
St. Mary at home, and then they play Rangers. So it's like a hot and cold fixture run. Dundee United play Celtic immediately, but then they go on a very nice run of fixtures where they don't face an old firm team again until the game week 17. Um, but I like the St. Mirren play. I like the look of some of the defenders, and hopefully we're going to be seeing some more de- defensive solidity out of Paisley. What about Ferguson at 5 million, Thomas? Who would you be placing someone like Ferguson with? I mean, you've got, although they're, as you said, all fart, no poo, you've got Liel Obada at 5 million. He is one of the best options at that price. I, mean, I think he's actually the best option for under 5 million uh, pounds. And then you've also got GMS, who, again, has been foaming his socks off. I was bashing him at the start of the season, but now I'm starting to kind of regret it. But then there's also a few decent players you could downgrade to. Like we've spoken about the Charles Cook at only three million, you'd be saving yourself two million, and you could invest that somewhere else. So yeah. I don't see why you couldn't. And as you were saying, Blair Spittle, although he's he's actually not even that much more expensive, but a little bit more expensive, and he's also scoring a lot of points for everyone or for them. So Ramirez replacements are Boyce and pick a random striker. I would go with Jordan White. Do you have a striker? No. Maybe Motherwell one, would you be keen to go there? Nah, as we said with Motherwell, there's just not... It's hard to nail one down. Yeah. Okay, yep, I'm in the same boat with you. Ferguson, yeah, I think Abada and GMS are probably your two best picks. And then you if could you want... step down the way yeah. to one or two Ross County players. There's no one I necessarily want from St. Mary or St. Johnston. Motherwell, no. Livingston, no. Hibs. Outside of Boyle again, there's no one really worth having in the centre of midfield or in their midfield picks at the moment. Hearts, a lot of rotation, they're quite deep there. You could take a punt on a player like Woodburn, but I think, yeah, I think Abada, GMS, or two Ross County, one of the two Ross County players, I guess, are your best picks ahead of the upcoming game week. And then, as we said for McKenzie, there was a couple of those Motherwell defenders and a couple of the St. Mary defenders. but And then maybe not this week, um, but before their fixture swing. Dundee uh, United play Celtic uh, away from home this weekend but following that they have a nice fixture run so I could see myself going to a Dundee United player too so I think that's it for today's episode aye that's five minutes to midnight let's call it let's call it there yeah so cheers for listening Um, this is our sixth episode and we hope you enjoyed it and found our advice useful and before we go don't remember to don't remember or don't forget. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at SFFancyCom. Leave us a message or tweet us or reply to any of our tweets that we put out with any questions that you have or any queries. And we will see you next Wednesday. See you next Wednesday.